guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Arsenio Buck Perspective. And guess what, guys? Oh my God, Stephen Covey's finished. It's finished. The Eighth Habit is finished. I had no idea because I was reading just so effortlessly. Effortlessly. There we go. But then all of a sudden, I realized that that was the end of the book. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait, I don't understand. How did it go straight from talking about that last chapter straight into the appendix? So here we are today. And you guys are probably wondering, oh my God, well, damn, what happened? I mean, I need to know everything about the eighth habit. Well, again, I'll be doing a full book review because again, I know a lot of people with the blogs and different podcasts that ended up being very, very big. I'll do that in the future. Trust me. But today, we're shifting focus. I know a lot of you are like, oh my God, so you're going to go straight into another book now. Yeah, we're going straight into another book. Not only that, we're going back to Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. No, we're not going to talk about it again. We have the workbook. I have the workbook at my disposal. And so what we're going to do first, there are lots of phases to this that we're going to have to complete. Okay. They're uh, a, a plentiful but it's all a sum up of that. And it's just on top of the eighth habit too, because we talked a lot about, you know, establishing your voice. Although it felt like that book didn't really go into like great detail in terms of how to establish your voice and whatnot. It was still excellent, but we need to go back to the paradigm. And this is what he had talked about in his book. This is what I talked about in my podcast, maybe back sometime 2017 i'm guessing between maybe february and july when i covered the book sparingly you know i wrote about the emotional bank account right around that same time too and i remember because i was living on the outskirts of bangkok and that was damn near four years ago and so now we're gonna go back into this and we're gonna start doing a lot of framework we're gonna have to start writing down a lot of different things in regards to this and the first phase of this the workbook for Stephen Covey's highly effective people is paradigm. Now, of course, we already know what the paradigm is, right? And you know, today's a special day because uh, I ended up reconvening with one of my friends who honestly, I actually haven't met, but I talked to her. She's been on my ESL podcast. She's from the Honduras. She lived in Mongolia. She's living here now, to be honest with you. She's living like two stops down from me. So I got my little drink. I got a little cognac. It's a little holiday nog. So I'm getting a little wired up right now because I'm getting ready to go have a wonderful conversation with her before meeting a potential client in terms of, hey, uh, having a new client. And I'm really excited about that too. But nonetheless, guys, I'm getting my drink on and I'm diving into this. We're going back. We're retracting on things that we have already covered, but it's time to do the work. It's one thing for me to just say, 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 and give you things, but it's also, it's time for you to do the absolute work. So going into what I was just saying, Bob Proctor, paradigm shift. This is what he dedicated his life over the last, what, 50 plus years to that Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, which is still a Bible to him to this day. And he carries it around everywhere. He talks about paradigm shift. He mastered that. One of his greatest talks was at VEMA, the VEMA convention in 2013. You can actually Google that on, um, Google, not Google that, just YouTube it. But again, if you YouTube it, make sure that you have the volume very low because right when it opens up, there's just very extremely loud blaring noise 
obviously it being at the convention, but that's when he was at his highest, his peak in terms of his energy. That guy was just firing on so many cylinders because he was getting a lot of, you know, drawback from, you know, good drawback from the audience, of course. So in saying that, you talked about paradigm shift and how if you're going to change your life, you're going to have to change your paradigm. And what he means by the paradigm is your subconscious mind because your subconscious mind is in control right now. I brought Mira back on whoo, a long, long time ago, probably about three months ago. And she talked about how we are not in control. It's our subconscious mind that's in our control, you know, in control. It's kind of like us having a thought and we're like, yeah, I'm going to lose weight. But guess what? Your subconscious mind is in full control. And until you understand that and until you rewire that, you're going to continue doing the same thing over and over. So what we're going to do, we're going to talk about that paradigm shift and how to shift that subconscious mind. No, I'm not saying transformation coaching, okay? I'm not talking about life coach. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about you doing the work. Lisa Nichols talked about that. She said during one of her talks on, uh, what is it, Inside Quest? Is it Inside Quest? Yeah, Inside Quest. That was a much, much better show. Tom Billy did a far better job, like, back in 2016, 2017. Well, no, about 2016 compared to obviously 2017 going all the way into this year because it's just more fabricated. It's no longer authentic. But with that being said, in this specific episode with Lisa Nichols having came, you know, having come onto his show, she talked about the difference between motivational and transformational. And for you to do the transformational, that's you doing the work. So this is you and it's time for you to start doing the work. And your first question, the question I have for you today is, have you ever, and I mean, have you ever experienced a time where you made an assumption about someone, something, something, anything, only to find out that you jumped to a conclusion too quickly? Write down that experience. Just journal it, okay? Again, I'll repeat that. You had an experience, you jumped to conclusions too fast because you assumed something. What was that? It's kind of like when my mother, you know, my mother's friend, Al, who I looked up to as a father figure, you said, you know, I applied for a job one time. And of course, I'm very well spoken as, you know, as I know, because Al was just such an incredible figure. And it's funny when he showed up, the white guy's jaw dropped and he said, oh, uh, well, I didn't know that. He's like, oh, well, you didn't know that I was black because the way I spoke. You see, that's an assumption. Right. And then you have to think of the assumption you made and think about the other or other assumptions that you have made in the past, right? And then we're going to go into phase two, which is the next podcast. So if we look at an assumption, okay, of mine, I think one that really changed my mindset and began changing my mindset forever was when, of course, September 11th happened, 2001, and the media in America, they taught us to hate Muslim people, right? Ugh. So when that happened, and I ended up developing this stupid hate for a group of people based on someone who acted as the state, you know, the scapegoat, such as Osama bin Laden, I didn't know that I had a lot of that anger in me until I came here to Thailand. And when I went down to the South, I realized that there were a number of Thai Muslims that were living there. They terrified me. So then again, this is Napoleon Hill's intolerance. I can't tolerate them. Why? Where is this coming from? I didn't ask those questions as I would ask them today. 
But at the time, I'm like, oh, man, oh, my God, there's a lot of Muslims there. Oh, my God, he looks very angry. He might blow something up. And again, this came just four years after the bombings had happened in one of the biggest southern cities by the name of Hot Yai at a hotel. Quite a few people died, at least a dozen. And again, I don't know if it's extremism. I still don't know what the whole story is. Don't really care. But that was what my mindset was back then. And so I met this guy. I met his daughter. His daughter was like, hey, can you teach part-time? Okay, they'll give you this money. Okay, this. Okay, that. Okay, you're going to go to the school. So I went to the school. And there was a Muslim teacher sitting there. Muslim Thai. Does it, like a lot, you know what's so funny about Thai people or Americans in general. They're like, oh, she's Muslim. They're like, no, she's Thai. Her nationality is Thai. Her religion's Muslim. So when I talk to people out here in Thailand, I'm like, oh, is she Thai? They're like, no, she's Muslim. What? Muslim is not a nationality, guys. She's your own. She's Thai. What the fuck is going on here? It's kind of like, hey, uh, are you American? No, I'm Christian. What? Holy shit, these labels are fucking insane. What is wrong with you people? Wake the fuck up. So now that I just went on my little spiel, let's refocus. So I'm sitting here. I'm sitting at the table. I'm talking to them about a couple of things. She's not saying anything to me, but she has somewhat of a smile on her face. I don't even know that she spoke English, but I didn't, I couldn't stand sitting across from her. I was disgusted at her. It's kind of like Napoleon Hill when he actually went up to a guy to shake his hand and then he saw their, I think it was the, the, the Church of Modern Day Saints. I think that's Mormonism, right? He hurry up and pulled his hand away. He turned, on, turned his back on the guy and then he questioned himself right there. Oh my God, why is it that I just did that? What the hell is going on? What's wrong with me? It's you're suffering from intolerance. If you think you're more superior than someone else, based on, oh, you know, oh, I have uh, more money than you. Oh, I am more acclaimed than you, uh, self-proclaimed. I'm more this, I'm more that. You're suffering from superiority. And that is going to lead you down the wrong road. So intolerance, that's you saying, oh, she's black. That's superiority. That's intolerance. Or, oh, well, I'm better than you because I'm like, yeah, that's superiority. Let me give you an example. The condominium I live in right now, it's a middle-class condominium to upper class. Who knows? I don't know. But there's a lot of crazy-ass Mercedes-Benz in this place. And so, you know, the people, Mercedes-Benz, they go downstairs, whatever, or the people who look very high so ish the cleaning ladies are always there. They always say, somebody come, meaning hello. And the people who walk by never say a word to them. And I'm like, see, that right there, that's superiority. That's intolerance. You don't tolerate them because you feel like you're higher than them. So therefore you have to treat them like shit. It's kind of like the people who work at banks. They make barely a 2000 USD a month for a lot of people out there. Okay. That's a lot of money, but seriously, you make 2000 USD a month. You go into a restaurant and you speak down upon people. That's your problem. These are all part of the paradigm and the environment, the blueprint that is harboring within your subconscious mind. You have to address that. So going back to the story, the Muslim girl, probably about 10 minutes after that, she started speaking in English. I said, you speak English? She's like, yeah, I'm one of the English teachers here. Guess what? She ended up being one of the most amazing people I had ever met in my life. Marina Weldy. One of the nicest Thai women I've ever met in my life. Who would have ever fucking thought out of all the Thai people I've met within this country, she was the one. And so I take a step back and I'm saying to myself, damn, Arsenio, what's going on here? Well, you know, uh, you, you judged her based on her religion. But what was the outcome? It was this. 
So what does that do with the assumption? Are you going to continue doing that? No. What are you going to do? I'm going to question it. How are you going to question it? What the fuck is wrong with me? Well, it's not so much what's wrong with you, Arsenio. It's what, what have you been taught and what is controlling you? Subconscious mind didn't know what that was back then, but I was able to trace it back to 2001. It's funny how I say 2001, 2007 now. So I, I, I don't want to say 2001. That's too long for me. 2001. And that is when America was taught to hate Muslim people. And me being only 13 years old and my mom not having that sort of intellect and articulation to articulate to me, listen, guys, this is what's going on right now. Don't worry. Again, these, this is a religion. Do not hate that. My mom, she didn't have that type of mental capacity and that type of education, that self-education. Of course, we're not talking about bullshit schools. Schools teach us nothing about this. They teach us about intolerance. They don't teach us about tolerance. But I then said, you know what, fuck America. I know a lot of you out there are like, wait, I'm from America. I got it, I got it. No, I said, fuck the paradigm of America. Because as you just seen, there's been a huge switch in America right now, but there's still 70 million supporters who support a racist ideology in regards to supporting Trump. I don't care, Democrat, Republican, doesn't really matter to me. I have my own business. Therefore, if I have my own business and I'm self-supportive, maybe I'm a Republican. I don't give a shit about that. I care about unity and unification. But to support that and to wear that red hat, that means you're against all of humanity, except 70 million racist KKK loving motherfuckers out there in America. That's all there is to it. Now, they suffer from intolerance. And a lot of Republicans do. They try to make it seem all, you know, you look at some of the Republican National Convention, you know, again, giving you guys more examples. They're like, yeah, they're going to have the MS-13 come to your home and live in your neighborhoods. What? This type of fear mongering is absolute fucking racism. Why would you say such a thing? The MS-13? Guys, if for those of you that don't know, I don't know how to say it, but let's just say, obviously, this is a gang from El Salvador that was in America back in 2005. Since then, they haven't been around for the last decade. They're not in America anymore operating. And if they are, it's because the United States Navy is letting them you know, operate because they get a lot of that drug money and those firearms from Ciudad Juarez, which they ship in those underground tunnels, which there are thousands spreading across the border. Do you think I'm fucking stupid? See, they're making you hate. And if you have someone who is not educated or even self-educated and they hear something like that, they will take those words and they will make it their reality and learn to hate all Latinos. That's intolerance. Write these experiences down where you had an assumption of a specific person, a group, a people, a country, whatever it may be, and start writing it down. Guys, before I, came, before I went to Australia, I thought when I landed in Australia, there were going to be a whole bunch of kangaroos hopping all over the fucking place. Mm. So what did I assume? I assumed that Australia was full of a bunch of full of a bunch of kanga fucking roos just hopping all over the place. That may be the case. There are double the amount of kangaroos than there are people, but there are not kangaroos in the airports jumping all over the motherfucking place and on the streets. You have to go into the middle of Australia, which is very fucking far, by the way, Ayers Rock and all those other places, to see kangaroos. There are 40 million of them, yes. Come in all different shapes and sizes, yes. But my impression was, oh, Australia, kangaroos. 
oh, I speak Mexican. That's how stupid I was back then. That's how ignorant I was back then. Ignorant is a form of stupidity. It's what you don't know, you don't know. And you don't want to know to know. So I assumed a lot of different things. I assumed that all Asians were Asian, right? This is what Americans say. Oh, you're Asian, you're black, you're white, you're Mexican. Wait, what about Brazilians? Oh, Brazilians are Mexican. Holy fuck. You're assuming that all Latinos, Portuguese, Italians, anyone who speaks a language of Latin, Spanish, Portuguese, or something similar, they're all in the same fucking bucket. That is fucking abhorrently racist. I'm like, okay, well, I'm British. Oh, you're not white, you're British. Excuse me, what? Yeah, you're not white, you're British. White people only come from America. No, they come from Britain. What is going on here? Write all that bullshit down. Write down all your bullshit ass assumptions. I'm literally helping you surface all the bullshit that might be harboring within your mind right now. This is very critical because guess what? This is gonna be utterly life transforming. What was another assumption I had? I was talking on video just now about my biggest lie on my Instagram. You guys might wanna watch that video. I finally surfaced something that I've had in my chest for 14 years. That was a beautiful video, so go check that out. But I thought everyone from Compton, California, it being one of the most drug-ravaged, you know, gang-related areas in the early 1990s, we're talking about, it was just hell on earth down there. Because obviously the NWA, is it the New World Order? Yeah, those sorry-ass assholes, uh, Ice Cube, a bunch of fucking trolls, a bunch of idiots. But um, the thing is, they wanted to express themselves in different ways, but you ended up painting a very, very bad painting of what black people are not. Just like Def Comedy Jam, which came out on the the comedy channel way late at night in the early 90s. You know, it was a misrepresentation of what black people are. We went from Muhammad Ali, Rosa Parks, and Martin Luther King into the NWA. Talk about falling off a fucking Empire State Building. See what I mean? I'm not saying all black people are going to be good because we obviously know that at least 60 million white people are fucking horrible out there in America in support of Donald Trump saying, oh, Barack Obama was a Muslim. Wait, are you saying that's a bad thing? Obviously he isn't, but holy shit, this is sick. What is that intolerance that you're suffering from? Write that bullshit down. Now, going back, come to California. I remember I met one girl from Centennial, loved her so much, right? Her name was Sue. That was the, one of the very first African-Americans I loved so much. She was one of the basketball players for Central Arizona College. She was an absolute delight. She would fuck me so bad. No, no, not, not that type of fuck. But I mean, fuck me so bad in terms of peak punk. She had one of the most wicked spikes ever. Can you imagine black people ping pong, right? She whipped my ass so many times. I'm like, Sue, can you just stop spiking shit? Because this shit is crazy. She played for Centennial basketball team. Again, Centennial High School out there in Las Vegas, Nevada. Went to Central Arizona. At that same time, I met a girl by the name of Barbara. Barbara was a beautiful, melatonin, the most brightest white smile, big eyes, gorgeous, could fill up the room with her charisma. Walked in, hey, how you going? Hey, where you from, Barbara Compton? Holy fuck, don't kill me! That was my assumption, that all black people from Compton would kill me. She's like, Arsenio, you got it all wrong, man. We're not just a bunch of killers out there. Yes, there are gunshots. Obviously, you know the story of Venus Williams and Serena Williams, but it's not entirely all like that. 
You see what I mean, guys? This is the paradigm shift. This is what a lot of you need to understand. Are you suffering from this? And if you are, this could be life transforming. So with that being said, again, all those assumptions, all those intolerances, write them down. Because in the next podcast, we're going to start talking about examining your paradigms. And this is what's going to be really good because there are going to be even some deeper questions. And we're tapping very deep into your subconscious mind. It's kind of like those meta questions that uh, Mira had given me um, when I did the transformation course earlier in April. And it makes me go into the root, 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 root cause. And this is exactly what this is going to be doing for you guys. So with that being said, guys, stay tuned for more. And happy Wednesday. And I'll see you guys Friday over and out.